there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. A warder once told me Trollocs call the Isle Waste the Dying Ground. I mean to make them give that name to the two rivers. Perrin, Chapter 31, Assurances, The Shadow Rising. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin. Today, we have a reunion of sorts in our chapters. Mm. Mm, very mm -hmm. excited very excited to jump into that but we were just talking about order order stories <laughs> order order stories order order stories good quote <laughs> too i mean oh, thank you thank you you know it's about borders and that one that one kind of gives me chills like there are a couple of things that parent says in these chapters where i'm like oh <laughs> All right. He is really <laughs> taking the lead, mm -hmm. and I realize we have Perrin chapters back to back with Rand chapters, where Matt and Egwene are both included in the story, mm -hmm. and it is a very stark contrast in maturity levels. Mm. We have Rand and Matt being mischievous little twerps, and. <laughs> Egwene is sticking her tongue out at people, and Perrin is like, I'm going to lead a war party, essentially, and free like people that mm -hmm. need saving. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, like... Uh, that is a stark contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's my appreciation for Perrin coming through. He's not my favorite character, but I do appreciate him. Yeah, I would say that's a really good observation. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're totally right. Yeah, it starts when he's realizing that he's commanding people around, people that are mm -hmm. quite a bit older than himself and people that he's grown up with. Yeah. And it's just an interesting shift, I think. I don't yes. know. I'm very invested in the Two Rivers plot of this book yeah i don't know what it is everything going on in the waste i'm just kind of like meh it's all right it's okay <laughs> but the two rivers man maybe it's because they're like scrappy i don't know the Aiel are are warriors in so many ways they kind of behave the way you expect them to these are challenges for them certainly but the folks in the two rivers are like invaded by white folks and by Trollocs. And that's that's not their gig. This isn't what they do. They're farmers and they're shepherds and what the hell? And you have parent coming through being like, fools, gather together. Multiply in number. Defend yourselves. I think for me, it's just that it's our first location that we're introduced to in mm. the entire mm -hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And then we don't hear about anyone there for three books. Mm -hmm. 
And when you're coming back to it, I feel like there's, I'm just so invested in these people's lives and Mm -hmm. what's going on with the Luhans and, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. is Matt's sisters, are they going to be okay? You know, Mm -hmm. and everything going on in the waste, it's just like, I don't know. I guess maybe it's like my deal with prophecy where I'm like, okay, we're going to do the prophecy thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the Aiel are very cool. I mean, I always Mm -hmm. love the Aiel. But at the same time, it's kind of just like a one-trick pony. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all kind of have the same personalities. and Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, in some ways, some of the, like, the traits of the two rivers are very similar, but it's also kind of like their redeeming characteristics as well, like being stubborn. Yeah. Uh, is the one that, of course, comes to mind at the top of the list. But being stubborn means defending your home, your family, your community to the end. And that's... Yeah, I think it's just the connection that Robert Jordan had to where he lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's a traveled man. It's not mm-hmm. like he spent his whole life in mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere south. But I think writing about people that you're familiar with is probably easier than trying to write about a race of people that you've made up and that you're kind of basing on roughly of knowledge from other cultures that you don't Mm -hmm. know personally. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit easier to give some types of people like more varied personalities because the Aiel... I, I take it back. They're not all the same. They don't all have the same personality. They're just, right. it feels as though they're not as varied, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I still love the Aiel. Yeah. I'm a big Ruark fan. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. Ruark. Bane and Chiad. Mwah. Wonderful. Chef's kiss. <laughs> love them. It's been fun. These chapters the wise are ones. good. Yeah. The wise ones are just like the Aes Sedai. <laughs> So, you know I don't what? know. I like them more than I like the Aes Sedai, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think part of it is that they, like, they actually do attempt to create more of a, a sisterhood among them. They don't break off into, like, mm-hmm. factions necessarily outside of, like, Sept and Clan. And, I mean, that's going to cause fissures. But even in those relationships, I feel like the wise ones would be more willing to reach out to an enemy clan than an Aes Sedai would to, like, a sister that she held a grudge against, you know? Yeah, yeah. The system within the Aes Sedai ranks is very political and mm-hmm. sometimes catty. Mm-hmm. But within the wise ones, even when someone is much older or much more powerful with the one mm-hmm. power that doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. they usually come to a consensus about whose advice they're gonna take in a certain situation where mm-hmm. it's like this is clearly the best <laughs> chance that we have mm-hmm. we'll do it this way and if it doesn't work then we're we're gonna go with option number two so mm-hmm. yeah 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 so should we do summaries Let's do it. Awesome. So chapter 31, assurances. There's actually three point of views to this chapter. Perrin and Party are taken to the Aes Sedai, and although Perrin knows one of them, he feels no trust for either woman. 
or their reasons for being in the Two Rivers. Tam and Abel make an unannounced visit and offer words of support and advice to Perrin. In the White Cloak Camp by Watchell, Dane Bornhold is having a tough go of understanding why he's there or why Ordeath has been commanded to ride with him. There are dark runs everywhere, White Cloaks are dying, and Bornhold is drinking away his pain and doubt. Ordeath has his own White Cloak brew in the Two Rivers and a fade staked in his tent for his own form of questioning. Ooh. Chunky chapter. Yeah. So... <laughs> it is so good, so good to have Tam show back up, finally. Love it. There was just, mm-hmm. it, oh, glee. Like, I was so excited, <laughs> so happy to have him. And I have to say that, once again, going back to my first read of this chapter with Varen and the Warders and Alana, Mm-hmm. I was very suspicious, very, mm-hmm. because we get the story of, oh, you know, we're just in the two rivers, searching for girls who can channel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this is fishy, this feels wrong, but, but, mm-hmm. I did like that it's bringing in this culling theory. Yes. Mm-hmm. About why the tower numbers are dwindling because mm-hmm. this is a huge, maybe not plot point, but side point of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. So often, mm, I, okay, it's a little bit spoilery, so I'm gonna kind of leave it, but I don't want to touch it. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make more work for Aiden. But it is important to the story why the Aes Sedai are losing women who can channel. Like, Mm -hmm. they're dwindling. And Mm -hmm. this little theory is kind of fun, and it's an in-world theory. So it's not, like, just something that fans came up with. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, like, this is what we think might be one of the possibilities why this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're gentling all of the men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Yeah. And most women who channel don't have children. Right, right. So they're removing the potential for genetic pass down of the ability to channel. It does, I mean, what do you think? Does this theory hold weight? You know, I don't know because I don't know how, we don't even know if channeling is genetic. Like there's Mm -hmm. no proof of that anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good Mm -hmm. guess. I don't, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really have anything to counter that with, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying that it's not 100%. Like, this mm-hmm. is for sure. Mm-hmm. But if channeling is tied to the soul, mm-hmm. your soul has nothing to do with genetics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if channeling is just, I don't know, like a mutation or something that's passed mm-hmm. along from parent to child or something that mm-hmm. skips a generation then yeah mm-hmm. this would totally make sense mm-hmm. so i said i start having babies <laughs> yeah i'm just like kidding. i just don't see very many of them like stepping up to the plate and being like i'll be a test 
subject for this, like, impregnate Can you imagine? Me. These women are probably delighted to get away from their farm <laughs> villages and, you know, right? like, I don't want to have kids and have a farm. Like, I want to join mm-hmm. this sisterhood, this society where I can channel and do things with my life. I'm an empowered woman. Right. They're like, meh, kids, nah. Nah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, like, and I wonder what they would do. Would there be, like, a, a white Daycare. tower? Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's down It's down in the dungeon area. So the Aes Sedai don't ever have to be troubled by the sound of children. New theory. Laris is actually making sure that women <laughs> don't breed because mm. she doesn't want all of her kitchen staff of novices doing all of her work get sidelined to do babysitting. So she's... Yeah. She's putting something in the food. <laughs> yeah. Laris is drugging everyone with contraceptive. Exactly. Herbs. I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's a little something extra special in your soup today. Wink. Oh, also, if we're going, this isn't really a theory, but this was just a weird thing that I thought of this mm-hmm. week while I was reading these chapters. Yeah. Do any of our characters throughout the entire book ever celebrate their name day or birthday? Ever? Oh, wow. Because that is so sad. Like, do they even know how old they are? (laughs) I don't. But they talk about time passing, and they're like, oh, it was nearly this many years that uh, this was Tam and Abel Cawthon went to the White Tower to get answers. I think it was two years. Yeah. And I'm like, man, in two years, nobody celebrated their birthday? That is That's tragic. So sad. That's so Isn't sad. Aw. Of course you thought to birthday ask birthday parties that. in the White Tower? Catsway. Catsway's been planning Rand's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd what be would that even look like? Maybe in the White Tower, they're they're just like, no, you're giving up your old life here. Age doesn't have any meaning anymore. You live for a long time. Get used to it. Yeah. Maybe that's why none of the Aes that I know how old they are. They're like roughly a couple hundred or so. <laughs> it's because they never celebrate birthdays. Yeah. Huh. An Aes Sedai birthday party? I don't think so. I'm going to say no. And maybe somebody else knows like a definite answer. but. I don't know. They're just adventuring so I hard. I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. So, two rivers. Uh, Karen and party reunite with Tam and Abel Cawthon. Mm-hmm. The Aiel are there. Varen is there with Alana. Mm-hmm. Varen is with her warder, Tomas. And mm-hmm. Alana is with her warder, Yvonne. Mm-hmm. And her other warder has been killed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a big book Alana fan, so eh. I like her more with like layering the image of the actor that plays Alana in the show, like in my head instead. Like, yeah, that show helps. Alana is great. Book yeah. Alana, nah, sketchy. Yeah, yeah. But I I wanted to ask you something about Alana has. Have we gotten to the part where she's talked about her warder dying? I mentioned it, but we haven't really, I mean, talked about I just much I was of wondering in this chapter yet. 
there were other things to talk about. Name days, daycares, birthday parties. I was just wondering, is this the first time that we kind of experience the loss of a warder and what it does to the Aes Sedai, like what we see from the exterior of what it does to an Aes Sedai? Because, like, I can't, I can't think of anything where we've had that happen yet. No, but we don't really get... It's not expanded upon here in the chapter. Mm-hmm. It's just mentioned kind of mm-hmm. casually. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, it was sad, and then that's it. Do you think some of what is happening with her behavior might be in result to, or of, or whatever, the trauma that she experienced in losing her warder and not really being able to, like, grieve it out? It could be, but it doesn't, even though that happened, it doesn't make me any more sympathetic for her, sadly. Okay. I mean, I I don't necessarily know about, like, sympathy, maybe just more, like, how Jordan writes. Like, I feel as though so often Jordan writes trauma, like, oh, yeah, this traumatic thing happened and let's move along. Maybe I'm looking for something of how this has affected her. We keep being told how important and intimate this relationship is between Warder and Aes Sedai. And like you said, his death is mentioned kind of casually. Shouldn't she be maybe, like, curled up in a corner crying or something? I don't know. Honestly, it's, I guess, everyone, I can't get into it because of spoilers, because obviously I can't talk about the warders that die in the future. Mm-hmm. But, or if warders die in the future. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, just because you're experiencing grief doesn't mean that you get to show it no do terrible things to people oh (laughs) (laughs) so i just i could understand where someone would want to turn that trauma on themselves like Mm -hmm. and in a negative way and do things that were hurtful to their self maybe Mm -hmm. but i'm sure you know acting out and doing things to other people is just another symptom of grief so yeah like totally she could be doing things because of that but at the same time uh, i can't really say much more without talking about spoilers you don't have to we'll save it for spoilers i've got it in my notes all right yeah i was just kind of wondering like your interpretation of alana's behavior like is it grief or is she sketchy i think it's a little bit of both i agree with you I mean, we aren't all just, like, one thing at a time, of course, but... Yeah. 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 Maybe the sketchy is heightened by the grief that she can't display. Possibly. Possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That just, like, to me, that just seems to be the the trend, though. It's like, oh, yes, this terrible thing, and now we're all fine. No, I think you're right. Totally. (laughs) I think you're right. Even though some people experience grief for multiple books and mm-hmm. more than multiple like half of the series mm-hmm. so i don't know it's i guess in some characters much more expanded upon and then mm-hmm. others it's just kind of like hand waved mm-hmm. i mean in some ways it's really understandable there's so much to get to and i mean maybe that's like the character's impetus as well as like there's just so much to focus on that there's really not a whole lot of time to dwell too hard on feelings that 
are hard, hard to deal with. Yeah, I found the quote where she says, he tried to pull back, but she tightened her grip and smiled. I am not so lost to custom yet mm-hmm. as to bond a man against his will. Not quite yet. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm too. saying <laughs> when I'm talking about her being sketchy because bonding someone without their consent is one of the most unspeakable crimes in this world. Yep. It's assault. Mm-hmm. And she's like, haha, like, I wouldn't do that. At least not yet. Wink. And I'm like, Wink. Ew. yeah. Gross. Alana, shut up. <laughs> And I think, too, this was my in my first read-through when I was getting to this point. Mm-hmm. I was really annoyed with, I, I wasn't sure if I could trust Varen or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this, this is this chick that Varen is traveling with, and this is mm-hmm. how she acts. So it kind of was like a red flag for me, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can trust her or not. And I don't know if I can trust Alana either, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how Perrin feels, too. He's like, I'm right. going to keep a close eye on Varen because, yeah, sometimes she looks like she's, like, floating around in a cloud of her own making, but other times she's sharp as a tack, a little bird. Yeah, and I mean, even Tam and mm-hmm. Abel Cawthon <laughs> are keeping the eye Sedai. Sedai. They're keeping their distance from them. Mm-hmm. They're going out and hunting and then mm-hmm. kind of trading food for services with the Aes Sedai because they know at some point they're probably going to need healing. Mm-hmm. So they've been going out and kind of catching rabbits and doing stuff like this to kind mm-hmm. of appease the Aes Sedai to make sure Building that- credit. Yeah, building credit, but at the same time, they're not wanting to stay in the same building. They don't want to sleep mm-hmm. in the same room. They're like, no, we, we're sleeping out in we're the good. woods. Like, we're good. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. We're, yep. we're fine. But honestly, what are Varen and Alana still doing there? Mm-hmm. If they're looking for young girls and all of this stuff is going down, why are they there? Why haven't they left? Aren't they like kind of stuck? Like, they'd have to go through the White Cloak camp to leave the two rivers or cross the mountains. So they would have to be disguised somehow, I guess. I mean, I don't know. How hard is the guard on the... Oh, hmm. We know that there are tinkers there. Mm-hmm. It's not like there aren't people that they can blend in with. And we see that in these chapters right. when they kind of sneak everybody out of Emmons Field. Mm-hmm. And into the old sick house, like mm-hmm. there are people kind of coming and going. They don't need to take all of these women back to the White Tower right now. Like mm-hmm. if there is danger and they don't want to be there, it's like four people. They could just walk out. I'm fairly certain. And their eyes to die. I mean, yeah, come on. yeah. Right. I was I was kind of just thinking about that too because we know from. Like the section with Bornhold that, like he's keeping a tight rein on people leaving the two rivers from Watch Hill and like what is it up to Terran Ferry, where mm-hmm. they would be able to cross mm-hmm. the river. Traffic leaving the two rivers has been like limited, so they would have to get past a white cloak guard. And would a white cloak guard allow an Isodai to leave? Would they be able to? I mean, I. 
they would have to say that they're Aes Sedai. But White Cloaks know what Aes Sedai look like, right? Like, would they be able? Like, I, th- I, I agree with you. Like, just walk out. You're Aes Sedai. What's stopping you? But I'm also trying to think, like, how would they build a plan that would allow that to happen? I don't know. I would travel incognito with the traveling people, the Tuatha on. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> Farron's like, but I only wear in the brown. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything that's all brown? <laughs> I mean, Baron's not a dummy. I think that they could do it if they really want to. If they really yeah. wanted to. I think mm-hmm. there's a reason she's sticking around the two rivers. Mm-hmm. But I can't say why. Do you think their reasoning for being there is, I mean, I know they can't lie, but this could just be, like, one reason why they're there. Like, Varen knows what's going on. Yeah. Varen has been in on the important thing since book two. She was mm-hmm. there when Swan goes to Faldara. She knows everything about Perrin, mm-hmm. about Rand and Matt. She's in on it all. So mm-hmm. honestly, I think she caught wind of things happening in the two rivers And her being the sneaky sneak that she is, wanted to (laughs) study, figure things out, see what was going Mm. on. And I mean, White Cloaks and Trollocs, and now this strange little man called Ordi. Mm -hmm. Something's up, right? Mm -hmm. So I think she's very curious of what's going on right now and what's happening in the Two Rivers. And so this plan to get women who can channel is what they're calling this plan like i'm sure Mm -hmm. that was what she said i'm gonna go to these places and bring back women who can channel that's just one of the reasons why she was there so she can Mm -hmm. say like oh i'm here because we're looking for women who can channel that's only one reason Mm -hmm. she has ulterior motives i think i agree now is it Good reasons or bad reasons? I cannot say. <laughs> but there are reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good question. Yeah, yeah. So, Alana does some healing. They check mm-hmm. the Aiel out, check mm-hmm. Perrin out. Mm-hmm. We learn about where. The Cawthons and the Luhans are, and a little bit more about how they are being guarded by the mm-hmm. White Cloaks. It yeah. hasn't been an; it's not going to be an easy task getting them out of there. But we mm-hmm. are starting to come up with a plan. And there was a moment in this chapter that I really loved, where we see ravens, and we mm. have the warders <laughs> get ready to shoot them out of the air but before they can even get a chance tam Tam and abel Abel. get some arrows shot up into the air and perrin kind of turns to fail and he's like see i told you they're much better than me (laughs) told you so it was really cute and uh again like i just i feel like i really need to see a lot of these moments in the tv show but i don't think we will. Uh, kill me. <laughs> uh, 
there's just something so charming about mm-hmm. these little interactions between all of the people in this group. Perrin, Fael, Loyal. Oh my god, Loyal is just a gem. Mm-hmm. Love him here. And even Varen and the Warders and everyone kind of in this huddled little group trying to figure out what the hell is going on and how to deal with it. It's just fun. And then we mm-hmm. get this moment from Perrin where he's like, we're going to do this. I'm going to kill these Trollocs. I'm going to make this the new dying ground. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it. And now I have Tam and Abel Cawthon who are badasses in their own right and they're gonna help me i have aiel i have an ogier and mm-hmm. i have an aes Sedai, two aes Sedais, and some warders things are looking up things mm-hmm. are getting good <laughs> but we should probably move on because we're yeah. not even halfway through this chapter and we're 33 minutes in white cloaks is that where we're going yeah yeah okay so on this with the white cloaks the thing that really like stuck out to me in a different way then I think I've kind of picked up in the past, and maybe you've already picked up on this, is just Dane Bornhold's observation that everyone outside the White Cloak camp is a dark friend. But then he's also observing that his White Cloaks are not pure either. Like the guy that he sends off to talk to the traveling people, he's like, you can just talk to them. You don't need to beat them up. And then mm-hmm. later he's like, yeah, I can't let that guy alone around those girls that we're keeping captive. And mm-hmm. we can all fill in the blank as to why that's necessary. So, like, mm-hmm. he's like, it's okay, though. He's a good soldier. These men are good soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> they like a little beating up and sexual assault every once in a while. That's fine. I'll just do my best to try to temper that. And good for him that he does that. But at the same time, I'm like, you're white cloaks, man. They're not the guys you think they are. But also, I have to wonder if this is not just the white cloaks being typical dirtbagged white Mm -hmm. cloaks, Mm -hmm. but if it isn't also some of the effects of 40th slash Hot on Fane slash... (laughs) What's the other one? Is there a third? Isn't there? We can ask the internet. A few moments later. More death. More death. Right? Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Ha ha. Ha ha. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah. We start to see the effects that he has on people, even when he mm-hmm. was in the dungeons in mm-hmm. Faldara. Mm-hmm. Like he was able to. What is it? More deed. More. More death. More death. <laughs> means wormwood in the old tongue so he's almost like a poison he can he's just a slippery little sucker Mm -hmm. and the things that he does and says i think changes the people around him Mm -hmm. so the white cloaks are awful but now paired up with this guy they're just on another level he's a catalyst for worse behavior Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that i didn't know if like the distance of him like having his own camp would make a difference but I mean he passes in and out of like the main white cloak camp often enough that trails of his essence (laughs) might just be enough to like corrupt individuals who are already like they already lean in that direction anyway like if you're moderately violent you're gonna feel 
drawn to that a little bit more easily, possibly? I think so. I think that he's rubbing off on them. Okay. I can see that. But also, we're pairing it with people like Child Fire, who are just inflamed anyways. There are certain personalities of some of these people who are just awful. So when you're combining them and they're in the two rivers, it's and they don't even really know why they're there. It's like, we got to take care of some dark friends here. But it's mm-hmm. like, these orders are kind of being passed down and it's not like all of the information. So they're kind of there doing what? They don't know, but Orbeeth <laughs> is there kind of commanding them. Mm-hmm. And it just feels really off. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. all three ingredients there are just making things bad, bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's move forward to, I'm trying to think, at the end of this chapter, doesn't it end with flies buzzing around tents mm-hmm. and he Or Deeth is going back to his, like, white cloak camp. Right. like, there's, like, that shift from, like, the really pristine camp that Bornhold has to, like, this really grimy flies buzzing around a skew camp that Ordeeth runs with these, like, much more corrupted white cloaks. Right. And then he goes to his own tent, and he's he has a guest. He has a special guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really likes tying up Merdral, or, like, just spread eagle attacking Merdral. Like, this is, isn't this, like, the second time he's done this in a similar fashion? I think so. I don't know what his deal is with fades, though. Right? Maybe it's just like a show of power. You know? Like, the whole time he's doing it, he's talking about, like, tools and fools. And then he goes in there and he's like, I've I've basically broken this murderal and I'm still going to torture him a little more because I know how to and I want to make sure. He's taking the Semarag approach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Torture, not compulsion. Yeah. 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 So let's move on to the next one before we yeah. run out of time. <laughs> no, that's, and I think this one we might be able to like kind of run through pretty quickly. Okay, so chapter 32, questions to be asked. There are people that need rescuing and parents not sitting around to wait for someone else to do it. It's up to Watch Hill for him and his little party of travelers to scope out the White Cloak camp and make a plan. The expedition is an eventful one, but not for the reasons he had feared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. What's kind of at the heart of this chapter? It's a lot about empty farms and abandoned places and the effects of Taviran. Yeah. On rallying up a supportive crowd to come in and help them. Because all of these people on the outskirts of town don't want to leave their farms and Mm -hmm. homes Mm -hmm. and parents thinking about this girl that he I don't know had a childhood crush on dated Mm -hmm. kind of they were children doesn't it's not it wasn't really a thing but it could have been a thing could have been a thing Layla he sees her with her new baby and Mm -hmm. he's explaining look your houses can be rebuilt but you can't bring back the dead Mm -hmm. and you need to be protecting your family and your loved ones right now. And you can't do that here. 
we all need to go together and we all need to be together and people are kind of like hmm, okay i mean it's not that simple but to right. so Tavirin. he gets them moving and Varen is like, hmm, interesting. Right, yeah, you know? making notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, to Viren, of course. Let me observe this. <laughs> and Tam and Abel Cawthon have this, I think, genuine respect for Perrin coming back as this man that he is now and not a child. And he's mm-hmm. leading people and taking a strong leadership role. And I think it's so cool that Tam and Abel just kind of roll with it. They're like, yeah, you know, this is, it's working, that he's doing a good job. And I just find that really lovely. It's just nice. I feel so often, maybe it's more so with the women, where it's like you have to struggle and, you know, fight for power and this and that but maybe it's also just Taviran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like how there's no backlash against this and we go with it and that's it that's the end of it it's not like he had to show up and get people to trust him and there wasn't this long drawn out story of mm-hmm. him trying to become a leader he just kind of shows up and does the damn thing and mm-hmm. I appreciate the brevity of it mm-hmm. I like Perrin's comment of don't worry, this isn't the first time I've led a younger man who made sense. Like, good on you, Tam. Yeah, it's nice. It's respectful. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhat a little bit sad, too, because, like, when we're, we were talking about the eyes that I earlier, mm-hmm. how much there's this power struggle. And I don't know if it was just because it's Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Or if it's because they're women. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how Robert Jordan intended to write it, like, mm-hmm. what the thought behind it was, or if it was just a way to make the Aes Sedai story more interesting. So it's just not like, oh, we all get along. It's a wonderful place. Like, mm-hmm. we need some spiciness to the story. So we need drama mm-hmm. and action. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. But I'm I'm happy for Perrin and Tam, and they're good dudes, and mm-hmm. they're getting this thing going, and it looks like they are going to come up with the plan here, and they got to get these people out of mm-hmm. the White Cloak imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we pulled some of Chapter 33 into that conversation part as well, and it does kind of all slide in together. Do you mind if I just do the summary for that one? Go for it. Go okay, for cool. It. Chapter 33, A New Weave in the Pattern. An arrival at the Alcines and Lewin's farm causes a stir among the folks who live there and riles up Perrin. His emotions lead him to tell everyone that they are being foolish to stay isolated where they are and when, they are, and when there are so many dangers around them. The people take his advice and begin packing to leave. Some of the young men decide to join Perrin in his plan to rescue the prisoners held by the White Cloaks. A chance to cast down their defiance, but they don't know that the first test of their courage is just hours away. This was a really fun one. I remember this chapter so vividly Mm -hmm. from my first read, and... love it love it the (laughs) ending so good it's just (laughs) so good such a fun chapter Mm -hmm. 
we meet Luke, Lord Luke. Lord and, Luke. Yeah. Gross. This guy. <laughs> he sucks. Enough totally. said. <laughs> Perrin is immediately. Like, I hate that guy. Yeah. I hate yeah. him. And we have some of these new characters that are kind of introduced, but it's just. It's like random towns full, you know, mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. nobody incredibly important, but we've got more people being brought into the story. Mm-hmm. And this is good for Perrin because the more that we'll stay with them and that we'll decide to help and fight gives him an advantage. Mm-hmm. So we've mm-hmm. got this douchebag Lord Luke kind of. <laughs> lording over everyone and trying to give his advice and it's Mm -hmm. taking away from what Perrin is trying to do and of course Taviran Mm -hmm. helps and Mm -hmm. Perrin kind of ends up on top in this argument discussion plan Mm -hmm. making I don't know what you want to call it yeah no I I love the the moment where Varen is like do you think if one of us would have given the same message that they would have changed their minds? She was like, you had emotion and words, but you're Taviran. That's why everybody's, like, shifting. Yeah. I, I think, too, this is... I think this is a very valid point that some people made about the TV show. Mm-hmm. That making more people to Viren kind of takes away their achievements to just yes. like it's because yes. they went to Viren because it's the same situation here where poor parent is thinking like I- I'm doing this like I've got things under control and maybe he's a little bit proud of himself but just to be told right. like oh no like yeah. it's just going your way because <laughs> you could you have know? stood in front of them and been like Trollocs bad white cloaks bad pack up and go to Emmons Field and everyone would have left. Right. Like that's kind of how it would have felt. I never really thought yeah. about it that way. Like feeling like a, a detraction from what he had achieved. Right, right. I mean it's like someone who studies for right. a big test, <laughs> like pours their heart and soul into it for months and months and someone just telling you like, oh, you were lucky or oh yeah. the teacher just likes you. I hate that. <gasps> I hate that. Yeah, so here, okay, yeah, I was a bit off. Mm. We do have everyone packing up and go, heading to Emmons Field or Watch Hill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's hundreds of them together, then they can actually defend themselves instead yep. of the scattered ragtag posse mm-hmm. trying to ward off white cloaks and trollocs. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. Gosh, that first chapter, that chapter 31, there's so much stuff in there. One of the things that we didn't touch on is that Ordeeth is the one that, like, slaughtered Perrin's family and that Bornhold covered it up. Mm. So just, Mm. like, it was not Trollocs. It was this weird little dude sent by the Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks to be in the Two Rivers with Bornhold. What Mm -hmm. the fuck? Yeah. I didn't want yeah. to forget to mention that because to me that feels like kind of important. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thanks, yeah. Okay, so this is also, oh my gosh, this chapter is a big chapter too because this is the chapter yeah. where like they actually do the rescue 
for yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. so was expecting that to be an entire further chapter like but no we just go straight from mm-hmm. we're gathering up our families we're heading down to Emmons Field here are our sons our nephews look out for them Perrin and then they yeah. go to another farm and another farm and the group keeps growing it's- so now <laughs> I love this- it Jolly little so group of like two rivers boys are casting down their defiance. So revolutionary. Yeah. I fucking love it. Pitchforks. <laughs> I can just see Robert Jordan, like kind of like the glint in his eye as yes. he's writing these parent yes. chapters, especially where Perrin is coming off like a total drill sergeant. Right. Where he's like, this isn't a game. This isn't a bell time dance. You do what you're told or you will go back home. Now line up. Shut up. You sound like the women's circle meeting in the wardrobe. I'm like, <laughs> like, it's so, uh, it just rings of military uh, speak. Totally. Yes. Totally. It's and I so love it. authentic. And the yeah. he's like, I just, you know, I'm channeling Uno. Yeah. That's what makes it even Uno cuter, moment, too. Right. Is that he's just like basing it off of, I mean, parents basing it off of Uno, not Robert Jordan. Right. But. <laughs> That would be a little bit weird, but... Um. It would be weird, but, you know, that's okay. No, I love that we get, like, this, like, touchback to Uno and man. Yeah, and I think it really touches on Robert Jordan's military service that is Absolutely. just so, like... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's so it's, And, I mean, I think it's through, like, the entire interaction like the way that the young men are behaving like that the young men are acting like complete morons right (laughs) and parents like you have no idea you have you're gonna get your throat cut right this is dangerous this is not like a like it's this is not a belltime dance good point so we get to the we get to the camp and mm-hmm. Abel's able to point out to where the Cawthons and the Luhans are being held. And he asks Tam to kind of go get the young men kind of like all calmed down because they're being morons, like I said. Right, right. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> yeah, and Fayil is there and Perrin is of course like worried about her. And she's and... making, like, a crown of flowers for him and is, like, snuggling up to him, giggling like a, like a lovesick girl. And I don't know why, but I love it. I'm like, what a way to, like, lighten the mood. It's because he's, in her culture, like, this is how, this is, this how... is what yep. women find attractive in men when they're able yep. to command. So yes. she's just like, ah, she's like, hey. like I can't, yeah, I can't figure her out. She's like, no, you big idiot, you're hot. (laughs) Right? Like, there are so many layers to what's happening in this chapter. Like, you had said about Tam and Abel picking up Perrin as a leader and the exchange of respect and being able to give Perrin a clear chain of command that would allow them success in this mission, or at least the highest level of success that he can manage. And even though we have Tam, who we know has military experience, he's like, no, Perrin, you know what? You got this. You got this. It's wild. I mean, this escape thing goes, I mean, (laughs) I want to say it goes pretty smoothly, but I love how it, like, ends up with them all on horses and, like, the picture of, like, the Luhans. (laughs) 
<laughs> bareback on horses just gets me. But I love them creeping into the the camp mm-hmm. and Fail being on the ground with Perrin and him being like, man, if anything happened to her, I would just be so upset. I mean, that sounds really tame <laughs> in comparison. <Right. laughs> it would really upset me. It would put a wrinkle in my day if anything happened to Fail. But she saves him. She picks up a what a, a piece of put out firewood and knocks out a white cloak and saves Perrin's life. Yeah, I mean, she, despite her negative qualities, <laughs> she's pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Got knives, she can knock people out. Yep. Yeah, and when parents like, are you okay? She's, she's no like, por- I'm a no- porcelain doll. I'm yeah. not a porcelain doll. And he's like, you know what? You're not. Just that little admission, just, I'm like, aw, parent. Good job. So... I will, like, I want to just talk about really quick Mm -hmm. when they bring everyone out of the White Cloak camp, Mm -hmm. they obviously don't come out unscathed because the White Cloaks end up taking notice of something going on. Mm -hmm. And Perrin's like, okay, we're going to split up the group, get, like, pretty much, like, the women and children out of here, and mm-hmm. we're going to create a diversion mm-hmm. so that they can go off one way and we'll go out the other. So mm-hmm. he tells all of these young men to start screaming and hooting and hollering, <laughs> hooting and hollering. And these young boys are just almost gleeful. Like, mm-hmm. they do not even realize the danger that yeah. they are in. Yeah. And I'm just saying this, I'm an older sibling, I have younger brothers, and it just, like, traumatic flashbacks of my brothers being young and doing crazy stuff, and me being like, oh my god, you're going to die, don't do that. (laughs) But it's just, like, the immortality of youth, you know? And they're like, what are we going to do next? And he's like, we're going to kill some Trollocs. We're going to hunt Trollocs. Yeah, and they're like, woo, yeah. And he's like, no, seriously. Right. They don't get that this is, I'm being serious he right now. He means it. He means yeah. it. I love, I love this part, too. The visual is so fun. I feel like this is one of those scenes that is like, gosh, please give this to us. Please, please, please. This is just so ridiculous and endearing of it the really two rivers characters. And like, what's going to happen as this story moves forward in the two rivers like i want all of this yeah it's gonna be hard it really is Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think obviously i'm gonna get to see all the things that i want to see Mm -hmm. but i think that this moment really it has some wholesome feels to it it does and there's just something about going back to the two rivers that Mm -hmm. really I don't know. It just makes me feel nostalgic for that, mm-hmm. for the beginning of the series, maybe. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's just nice. They're such a tight-knit community, mm-hmm. and I love that, you know, they always look out for their people in the mm-hmm. two rivers, and I guess maybe it's just... Yeah, I like the continuation. Like, it's not like we've just totally left this one section of the storyline behind us, and it's gone, and we're done. It's like, has... oh this drawing effect you said oh what what oh i totally forgot in this chapter as well there was something that i really like and Mm -hmm. perrin is trying to get help 
from Varen and Alana and the Warders. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you know, the three oaths and can't can't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But in about an hour, it's going to start raining. Raining. And <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, Varen, I see you. I see you. You're up to some <laughs> tricks. You've put me at ease just for now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I'm going to tr- yeah. trust-ish. You get like a, a little bit that I'm going to trust you that this is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I just, you know, I love a good rescue mission mm-hmm. in the eye of the world when we go and get Egwene and Nynaeve is like sneaking into the White Coat camp to mm-hmm. free the horses. Like, I loved that chapter. And so I think good. this too is just a continuation. And mm-hmm. again, we didn't get that in the show. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Sad Amber. Sad Amber. Aww. It will remain in your mind, Palace. It will. It will. <laughs> Forever. And no Forever. one can take that away. <laughs> <laughs> it is mine. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> All the heist scenes. They're for you. All of the heist scenes. I mean, it happens in the Great Hunt as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the one with like Elaine and Nynaeve and Min for Gwen. Yeah, so, so fun. good, so good. I mean, I good think for this you. Is, Sorry, right? <laughs> I think this is one of the one of the ways that Robert Jordan really excels. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just something that I appreciate personally. It's not something that everyone loves. I mean, there are people that love being in the waste in Ruidion. I'm not one of them. Yeah. I guess I'm just like a heist and rescue mission type person. Yeah, yeah. Bands of resistance coming together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Me too. I love a good revolution. That's kind of what they're doing. You know, EB revolution. <laughs> it's EB one. And Bane and Chiad even kick a white cloak in a face. In, in the so face. like, how can you be mad at this chapter? <laughs> <laughs> it has everything. I love the directive to like not kill, and they're like, oh yeah, you got it. Like that's our favorite thing, is just injuring <laughs> and capturing. We're good at that yes. shit. <laughs> yes. Like hey, so mm. good. <laughs> so good. Love it. And, the, like, the silent laughter, I don't remember which one it was, realized that Perrin was in the, the white cloak itself. Like, he was in disguise. And, like, I could just think of these maidens in their hand talk and, like, mm-hmm. silent laughing, and I want to be one of them. <laughs> I, I went in on the joke. I'm not in the I, cool kid's I, table. Damn it. Right? I'm, like, the kid in the corner reading my book and tripping over my own feet and kind of fawning over the cool girls. Like, <laughs> yeah, love it. The, I mean, what? like you said, not everyone so much needs fun. to be a Bane and Chiad to be a badass, <laughs> Tracy. Thanks. <laughs> I did make some badass ribs last night, not going to lie. They were good. <laughs> Anyway, back to rescuing from the White Cloaks. Okay, and so the boys have all, like, scattered. We're hunting Trollocs next. pretty much how it ends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think we're at the end of that. Should we move on to chapter? Yes. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. 
Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Chapter 34, He Who Comes with the Dawn. It's kind of an important chapter here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just tiny, tiny. It's another simmering dawn in the waste as Matt and Bran trek from Meridian to the campsites nestled among the rocky hilltops of Chandar. Again, they are greeted with anger and violence, and again the wise ones rush to keep the peace of Meridian. Rand is told to show the markings he received in the fog-shrouded city. Not one, but two dragons proclaim him as he who comes with the dawn. Rand is back, and now he's got tattoos. (laughs) Now he's one of the cool kids. Right. (laughs) Gonna join a motorcycle gang and make Tan proud. Start wearing lots of leather. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little jealous of, like, that metallic glint. Is that possible? Right? Is that a real right? thing? I want that. It's like, can you imagine? I want glitter tattoos. Fuck yes, I do. <laughs> like, even slightly shimmery. <laughs> Rand thinks that. he's in a biker gang, but really they're... <laughs> I want to join the biker gang that appreciates glitter tattoos. Glitter tattoos. It's a very specific group. Yes. Specific. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, Rand and Matt are back out of Ruidion. Yep. And Moraine is still in there. Mm-hmm. This has yep. everyone a bit worried. Avienda is still, still in there, being too. a prick. Avienda's still in there. <laughs> Kooladin is acting a total ass as yeah. per usual. I love that his is the first voice we get when Rand and Matt, like, get to the top of the hill and it's like this instant accusation you killed him you killed my brother <laughs> it's like man let it go Relax. He's like look they they even took weapons and mm-hmm. is it bear i think bear is like or it might have been amy's i don't remember but i think it is like bear. no i ch- i checked them they didn't uh-huh. go in with anything they must yeah. have gotten it inside and Matt's kind of like, yeah, I'm like, I paid a price for this. I'm keeping it. And he, I think he calls her old woman, yes, too. Yes, I paid for yes. it, old woman. Because she calls him, like, young man. Young or, man. Yeah, and yeah. he's, like, old woman. And, like, he's hoarse. Mm-hmm. He's got this huge bruise around his neck from being hung from the tree. And, like, he is feeling rough. So Matt has no filter and is just like, old woman, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Mine. And she doesn't even get mad at it. I think nope. she kind of was like, okay, well played. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Looks like you did pay a price for that. And uh, it's yours. Yours. You keep that. It's fine. Yeah, and everyone's very interested in Rand's sparkling tattoos. The Aiel are like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> But he, Rand doesn't know exactly what's going on because the reaction mm-hmm. is so strange. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, they don't even want to look at me and I'm supposed to be their savior. Like, yeah. cool, that makes no sense. Right. She's like, prophecy's tricky. Yeah, I think he's like expecting like accolades and maybe a choir to form. Like, <laughs> oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> As he walks out. He who comes with the dawn. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they just all line up. He they have like the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a barbershop quartet. 
quick flip for an outfit with like pinstripes or whatever hats i love yes. this idea <laughs> wheel of time wardrobe Call it's always or it's not. always a musical it's always a musical that's this scene someday we will write this yeah i mean <laughs> i can't think of something that i want to do more <laughs> <laughs> then make our exceptional musical amber come on <laughs> Okay. Okay. I sorry. Get... Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. so sorry. Glittery tattoos. Rand is he who comes at the dawn. No one is singing about it. Mm-hmm. Rand's like, "Fuck my life. What's gonna happen next?" And that's what Matt asks him. Cause then Moraine comes back. Avienda comes back. They're both naked and sunburnt. And Avienda is like shooting daggers with her eyes at Rand. But also he's, like, oogling them as they, like, struggle <laughs> up the hill naked. Yeah. Like, do you, have you no shame, Karkarn? Right. Karn? Yeah. You think you can just do whatever you want? Right. And, of course, Lan has been... Mm, waiting. Waiting. Really worried about Moraine. And yep. it's been seven days? Yep. Mm-hmm. Seven it. days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, if they reach ten days and they aren't back, then they won't come back. And so Rand's right. all worried about, like, losing another three days when he's already lost seven. Mm-hmm. And then, thankfully, Moraine, I mean, thankfully in his eyes, Moraine and Avienda, I mean, sure, everyone else is relieved. Lan is certainly relieved, like, Sprint Master comes down and grabs Moraine and brings her up. What a guy. Yeah, I know. I can, I totally picture Daniel Henney when I yes. read this. Yes. <laughs> and the Moraine dummy that he had to <laughs> carry around so often in season one. Just like running up a hill and the dummy's like bouncing around in his arms like, nope, do it again, do it again. I mean, I wonder why they made a dummy. Was it something because of COVID? Like, Oh, what a good question. And maybe, like that is pretty close contact. Hmm. I don't know. Also, like, that has to be expensive. <laughs> like, that is a lot of, you know, they have to, like, paint the pores on your skin and, like, yeah. every hair, like, why? wild. Mm-hmm. Wild. Doesn't make any sense. We learn about Shael, Rand's mother, who oh, yeah. was not born Aiel. She was a wandering woman out in the waste and almost died just mm-hmm. hellbent on getting to the Farter Eyes Mai because an Aes Sedai called Guitar Moroso, the goat, had a foretelling, <laughs> told of a disaster that would befall her land and her people, perhaps the world, unless she went to go to the Maidens of the Spear and mm-hmm. become one of them. Well so, summed up. I love a good Guitar Moroso moment. Yep. I, I love seeing foretellings and where they go. And this is another one of hers where it's like, oh, because like this has been mentioned. We know things about this. And now it's like, oh. Mm. Read New Spring. <laughs> right? Oof. Not yes. you. People. You know what? I, it's people sometimes. So when I read my book, I, I have a digital copy of the entire series of the wheel of time it's all one file and when mm-hmm. i have to like scroll through the books to find the one that i'm on i always start at new spring and i'm always like do i want to read that again i kind of want to mm-hmm. read that again i flip through it occasionally but 
usually just looking for certain quotes from mm-hmm. certain chapters that I really like. But it's it's just a delightful read. It really is. Oddly enough, I enjoy it, and I've talked about it several times. So yeah, it's one of those good ones. But in the waste, we have like once Rand is declared as like he who comes with the dawn, everybody kind of starts to pack up, and they're like. And the Shado are the first to do it. They're like, well, I guess we're done with what we came here to do, and off we go. And it seems like everyone else like just has this, like, well, now what? <laughs> and Rand's like, wise ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, like, they're going to they're gonna talk to other wise ones in their dreams and get all of the clan chiefs and everyone together in one place so that Rand can be... Proclaimed. Yeah, for, like, everyone. That's when the choir, that's when the barbershop quartet comes out in full effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I want to see that. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. There was a lot of fun stuff in these chapters this mm. week. I was really happy. Really yes. happy. Yeah. Eventful. And it was really difficult not to like just push on to the next one because like, I'm a, like, I'm a gobbler when it comes to reading, and, like, once I'm in it, I'm in it. And I was like, but, but. Yeah, we also, in this chapter, confirms a question we had earlier about if everyone that goes through the glass column sees the same person, mm-hmm. or if they all have different people, mm-hmm. and it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was nice to get mention because yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, like I can check that box now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that now. Behold. Behold. <laughs> yeah. And I, like this conversation, like we had talked about Rand's mother, but he also finds out in this conversation that his father is not alive. So both of his, yeah. like, biological parents are dead. And he does, mm-hmm. I think, feel like a little bit of sadness around it. But, like, it's not an overwhelming grief like it seems some of the people there expect him to have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the chapter, Rand is, like, relieved. Like, Avienda and Moraine are present. He has saved three days. He can move forward with his plan, whatever the heck that is. And, like, all we really get is this little hint when Matt's like, what, like, what are you going to be doing or something? And Rand's like, I'm going to do something you like. I'm going to break the rules. And Matt was like, I was just asking if you were hungry. But okay. That too. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Matt and Rand are acting like doofuses and Perrin's leading a right <laughs> little army. Yeah. I mean, I think, gosh, wow. That's such a good point. Perrin leads in a very different way than Rand ends up leading. In some instances, not all, it feels like there are very different maturity levels. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be why I have more of appreciation for the Two Rivers chapters versus Mm -hmm. the Rand point of view chapters, which take place in the Iowa waste maybe it's not so much the location mm-hmm. but who's the narrator who, whose thoughts 
we're reading yeah from. yeah so maybe it's just that mm-hmm. and i mean i i have nothing against matt and grand i love them both mm-hmm. dearly mm-hmm. i do but i don't know there's just i like the seriousness of i think parents mm-hmm. inner voice here mm-hmm. maybe just a little bit more yeah there's like a there's a respectful approach that he has too when he realizes that he's bossing Abel and Tam around, he's like, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. He's mortified. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I, I did not. I did not. And Tam is like, it's cool. It's You're doing cool. a good job, lad. I'm, you know? he- I'm here. Like, God, Tam, you are so cool. Right. Everyone deserves a dad like Tam. Agreed. And people that did not, I feel for them. Like, yeah. I think Tam also is good at following and also offering advice without mm-hmm. coming across as like condescending. Like he's a good he's a good counselor for someone in a position like what Perrin finds himself in. And Tam just like is like, you know what? I'm supporting you in this. You got this. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. You just said we oh need gosh. to go to spoilers. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just thinking like how different Rand's story might have been if Tam had been present in it at this time when Rand is becoming the dragon reborn, he who comes with the dawn, like savior and destroyer of the world, like how different would it be if his dad would have been able to be there, even just for like a chat? Yeah. I mean, it would have been a lot. (laughs) It would have been a shorter series, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yes, spoilers. Let's go to spoilers. I'm sorry. I could continue talking all day. That's <laughs> Oh, go for it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. I have one that I want to ask you about. Unless you have Tell one. Me. Okay. Tell me. So, okay. <laughs> There's that point in I think it's chapter 32 when they're all packing up to leave and Perrin includes his hammer in with his like blanket roll and puts it on his horse. Varen looks at Perrin's hammer and he's like, what would an Aes Sedai find that would be fascinating about this hammer? And so I looked it up and there is like dark prophecy around a blacksmith. About Molinar? Yeah, his hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite tell if Varen... Well, yeah, she's the one that can read. Like Trolloc's script or Madral's script? Yeah. 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 So it... That would track, definitely. Yeah. I was thinking, like, maybe, because I think that they don't, like, I think this prophecy doesn't come in until later in the books and is shared through Moradin. However, Varen is brown Aja, even if she is also black Aja, so I can absolutely see her being the kind of person that, like, digs around and looks for dark prophecies, and maybe she had her hands on it. It would totally make sense. Yeah, and this is what I couldn't talk about earlier in the mm-hmm. episode about Varen because, obviously, spoilers. Mm-hmm. But I think this is mm-hmm. perhaps one of the reasons that she's in the two rivers. She's wanting to get in to this place and find mm-hmm. out more about these young men and maybe to see like what she can use from this information. Mm-hmm, Not mm-hmm. saying that she's doing something nefarious, mm-hmm. 
it could be that she was ordered there. So, mm-hmm. like, she's mm. there on Black Aja business, mm-hmm. which is what, okay, if you listen to our podcast, I've said this many times, <laughs> when I first read the books, I thought, hands down, Varen was Black Aja from almost as soon as she shows up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was very worried about her anytime she popped up, and I was always looking for things. Mm-hmm. And when I essentially, like, first read this chapter, I was like, oh, my God, she's going there to get, like, all of the channelers, and she's probably just going to kill them or mm-hmm. do something with them mm-hmm. or... Push them off a cliff. Push them off a cliff because yeah. she's talking about the tower numbers dwindling uh-huh. and... If she's one of the people going out looking for people who can channel, uh huh. If you're Black Aja, this would be a great job to have, wouldn't it? Like get young yes. women and either kill them or see if you can't turn them Recruit to the them. dark one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what my initial like. That's what I thought the first time I read these chapters. But then mm-hmm. she does stuff to help Perrin, where I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, when they're talking about the culling, like, she mentions that Shiriam is the one who has mentioned this theory, and I mean, Shiriam, exactly, like, Shiriam may not be the only person who has this opinion, however, Shiriam is mistress of novices and Black Aja, and New Spring, we see another Black Aja sister as mistress of novices and who's to say that they aren't just kicking women out and be like oh i'm they just you know they couldn't hack it as a novice channel yeah Mm -hmm. so we sent them along their way that person can only make bubbles in their tea i don't know so we sent them away like they have control over which young women move forward and we know of obviously at least two black aja sisters mm-hmm. who were so it, like is this shiriam's cover for it is she like well maybe maybe we're breeding it out of people maybe we're culling it right right and that's why i love this even being mentioned because there's so many questions around it where i think mm-hmm. so many people take it at face value like oh it's totally at the culling like that's the reason mm-hmm. but there are so many other, I guess, ideas out there. And mm-hmm. even if it's just a little bit of everything, then you're still kind of left with less women who can channel. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a rush project. It's not like they have to diminish the number of women in the tower within like a three-week period of time. They're like, no, no, we have, you know, centuries to do this. So like, you know, take your time. Just do a couple every once in a while. No one will notice. No one's going to question it. Right. And then on top of that, how many women die when they do the test for the shawl? Like, so there's a couple. Yeah. How many leave and go to the kin because maybe they were mistreated or couldn't hack it? Yeah. Smuggled away by Laris. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons that the numbers people are, are like yeah. drastically dropping. Or not drastically, but like gradually. But with enough that like here we are at this point where the tower is. It's falling apart. Yeah, it's severely weakened. It is not and in a state of strength so that if the last battle comes, how are these Aes Sedai going to react to it? What are they going to do? What powers do they have? 
Right. They've like just kicked out all of these channelers or just like you Man, I would have loved more focus on this throughout the series because I feel like I'm always just kind of throwing theories out there to see what sticks and nothing's really confirmed or denied. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun though too. Yeah. 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 I love the various places where women are present channeling when the White Tower kind of thinks it has like this, I don't know, like monopoly on it. Like we are the channelers, just us, no mm-hmm. one else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not the case at all. And it's, it's so arrogant. It's so arrogant. Like if you're a woman who can channel, you belong to <laughs> us. <laughs> Exactly. You know what's okay, here's just I don't know, random thought. Please but just thinking about the show, one mm-hmm. of the things that I really, really want to get to, not just because of Dumai's Wells, but I really at least want to get to the founding of the Black Tower. Ooh, yeah. Because that is just gonna be a huge shift in the story right now it feels very female focused uh-huh. which i think is great right but balance but yes balance yes and i think it would be really fun just i don't know having a whole new i guess organization like yeah brought in would be cool yeah i love that there's idea. a lot i want to see but heck i mean more than eight episodes yeah. Come on, Prime Video. Yeah. Come on and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not asking for a lot. Like, you know, just two, two yeah. more. Just two more episodes. Just come on now. That'd be really great. A little you, bit more budget. You know what, though? Right now, I would time. just be really happy with a release date. I would be, I would be happy with a, a tidbit of news. Right. Just Maybe something. Even Maybe even that Origins episode that they promised would, that would come out in summer. That'd be like cool. Anything? Anything? Anything. Guys? Nothing. Twitter is a barren wasteland. There's nothing. <laughs> There's just memes of people asking for what Origins. <laughs> like, no, I'm not kidding. There's still some people there. I just Aww. haven't been very active on there since, yeah, since Twitter has been going through some things. But yeah. It's having its I own. I know. It's just, it's so sad. It's just like, what are we, chopped liver? Right, like, yeah. nothing? Don't you nothing? understand? We are fans and we are waiting. We are waiting. We've been so patient. We've been so good. I feel like Eleanor, like, just sitting and waiting and, like, just all that energy and excitement, just like, please, give me something to point that towards. Well. Yes. You know what's going to happen is... <laughs> we won't just get like one bit of news. It'll be a complete Torrent. drought where there's nothing, 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 mm-hmm. and then it'll be a deluge, a dam, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. where I won't have a time. Like I'll have no time at all. My life will be consumed by wheel of time. Mm-hmm. It'll be many videos a week and editing. I'm really excited about that. I really like hope that I can be helpful when that happens. Like. I feel I feel really mentally prepared. My family's been prepared. Like when the show starts, I love you all. I'll be busy. Wish I could find someone to walk my dog. <laughs> <laughs> because last year I would get up and probably 
I would try and have this everything edited before you wake up. Yeah. So like, go, 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 go. But can't do that and walk my dog at the same time. Yeah, that does we sound like a channel. We will see how it goes. I'm excited, <laughs> though. Hopefully we get some news soon. Mm-hmm. And I think we should probably wrap it up. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.